At AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored for your business needs. Specializing in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. To elevate your business, visit ajproducts.ie. Since 2018, 23 buildings across Ireland that were either earmarked for asylum seeker accommodation or even just rumoured to be have been subjected to arson attacks. 13 of those arson attacks have happened in the last year alone. This was the scene of the blaze that engulfed the Ross Lake House Hotel in Roscahal, County Galway, last night. Asylum seekers had been due to be accommodated later this week. Garthi say that they're investigating an incident of criminal damage. Another vacant building destroyed by fire. Seven fire engines tackled the blaze at St Bridget's Nursing Home in Cooksling near Britta's in County Dublin. Burn Them Out has become one of the chants at anti-immigration rallies across the country. But just who is trying to set these buildings alight? Is it an organised network of far-right activists? Or is it people living locally who have been influenced by racist rhetoric and disinformation? I think it would be more comforting to think nearly if it was just one nefarious group based in Dublin travelling around the country. And I think people don't want to believe that there's people like this in every community who are capable of of doing this. And why is it so hard to catch the perpetrators? The sad fact is that that is the case, that all or or at least most of these attacks are by so-called lone wolves. I'm Sarah Pollock and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, who is behind the wave of arson attacks on migrant housing? Connor Gallagher is the Irish Times crime and security correspondent. Connor, you reported last week that plainclothes Gardaí gathered on the sidelines of an anti-immigrant protest that took place beside the Garden of Remembrance here in Dublin. Can you tell us why were those plainclothes Gardaí there and, and who were they trying to find? So there was a massive guard of presence for this uh, march, march, generally speaking, against immigration. Um there was a lot of far-right figures there um, and there was a huge Garda presence. A city Gardaí were worried about some sort of uh, repeat of the violence we saw during the Dublin riots or perhaps outside Leinster House last uh, la- late last year when, when the doll resumed um, and there was concerns about uh, classes with a counter-protest outside the GPO and anti-racism counter-protest. So there's 300 Gardaí there, plain clothes. Uh, public order guardie and uniform guardie in the helicopter in the sky. Uh, but these guardie had a, a separate job and their job was to remain on the sidelines, uh, unnoticed to, um, see who turned up basically. And this was an intelligence operation. They were trying to find people who might have been spotted on CCTV, uh, been involved in the Dublin riots or indeed attacks on, uh, immigration centres, uh, accommodation centres. Uh, around the capital and um, so some cases they had a name um and they uh you know then this person there might have been a warrant out uh for this person in some cases they didn't have a name uh but they just had a, a picture and this if they were trying to see if they turned up at this march they can gather some more information about them and that was a standard enough procedure but it was what i'm told uh was 
the precursor to a, a flurry of activity by the guards last week, um, taking action against uh, people engaged in uh, violence linked to anti-immigration or, or far-right sentiments. In part, I should say. Why do Gardaí feel like they need to track these people down in person? Could they not just be using social media to find these alleged perpetrators? Oh, well, a lot of these people would use pseudonyms in social media. Uh, they'd be very, very active on social media, uh, but would hide behind uh, fake names. And even if you have someone's real name, that doesn't mean you necessarily have their location. So some real world intelligence gathering is, is often vital in these investigations. And with a couple of fires, word of the fire and even uh, images and video of the fire has spread very quickly on social media, sometimes before even emergency services have been able to respond to the fire. And Gardy regards some of these posts as suspicious, especially close in time to when the fire erupted. Uh, so they are searching for things like trying to get metadata from uh, these videos and posts to say where uh, when and, and, and more importantly, where they were posted from. Um, and that would, you know, help them. It might necessarily secure a conviction on its own, but it would help them build a case um, and might give enough uh, reason to, say, get a warrant and, and carry out search operations. And there have been a few search operations in the last week as well. Connor, can you tell me how many arrests have been made and what can you tell me about the people who were arrested? I suppose when you compare it to the number of arson attacks, about 23 going back to uh, 2018, actually, there's only been 10 arrests, which is pretty, pretty minor um, in in the grand scheme of things. So uh, three people were arrested for the arson of, uh, alleged arson of the Shipwright pub in Ringsend uh, there um, just after Christmas. Um, That was a pub that was um, burnt down or burnt out I was there had been the subject of um, anti-immigration protests by people who believed it was going to be used to house refugees or asylum seekers. That was completely false. Um, the Dublin Regional Homeless Executive had already come out and said it was going to be used to house homeless families, and obviously it, it can't uh, can't be used in such a fashion anymore. Uh, so there was three arrests in relation to that. They've all been released without charge, with a file being prepared for the DPP, I understand. We had one arrest of a man accused of burning down, burning out of Lewis during the Dublin riots um, and also obstructing traffic. Uh, he's currently before the courts. Um, arrests of two people for a much more minor incident in Kerry where they caused uh, allegedly caused criminal damage to the door of a direct provision centre last year. But Connor, these arson attacks have been happening with more and more frequency for months now. And as you mentioned, there's only been 10 arrests. So why is it so hard to catch people? Do these buildings not have CCTV? Many of them do have CCTV. Um, For a good while, these uh, arson attacks were taking place mostly in rural areas and in the country. So there's much less people around it's much easier to get to a place under cover of night and they invariably happen at night so even if there is cctv it, it might be of limited uh use and quality um arson is almost by definition a very hard crime to investigate um and if we talk about the international situation later we can kind of see that trend internationally ireland's kind of late to the party when it comes to this kind of uh far-right violence so it is a difficult crime 
to investigate, to, to nominate people, especially if you don't have the cooperation of the local community. And that's absolutely key. I think that's Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice, I think was came out yesterday in a very pointed way uh, and said... Week, there are people across the country who know people who are responsible for this. And by not coming forward, you are absolutely complicit. I mean, I'm at the point now, like everybody else, we could have a fatality if this continues in this vein. There are individuals here who have to take responsibility and those who have information as well, they have to come forward. Otherwise, they're as guilty as the person who actually lights the match. Because that will be what breaks many of these cases uh, for the Gardaí. Um, so that said, you know, there have been forensic uh, assessments of all the scenes. Some of the arson attacks have been fairly amateurish, uh, which means that there may have left some forensic uh, material behind or fingerprints which could be uh, matched with some perpetrators you know the guardy will will say you know patience is key here it takes time it's actually difficult to determine any trends i've gone through all of the arson attacks in recent years to see maybe they all occur uh, you know on a sunday night or mm. at a certain time of night or whatever which might give you some indication that the same people were involved but no the buildings seem to be targeted on completely random days of the week uh you know almost always at night time for obvious reasons but many different methods seem to be used as well so some of them are petrol bomb attacks. Some of them are people putting burning material through an open window. The most recent one uh, at a, a large uh, house in Leakslip, County Kildare, last week was actually uh, started with uh, just standard things you use to light a fire in your home, uh, coal and, and, and um, fire logs. Uh, so as I said, huge variety in sophistication, uh, huge variety in knowledge, um, some of these attacks have been quite bumbling. Um, some of them have failed just because people didn't know how, how to start a fire which would destroy a premises. Um, and that carries its own concerns because, you know, the more amateur the kind of the, the, the offender, the greater chance, I think, that they will target a place that is not unoccupied. And, and that's when you get into the risk of serious injury and death. Connor, I want to talk to you about the people behind these attacks. Do we know whether they're being centrally organised or is this more of a lone wolf ad hoc operation? Yeah, I mean, that's the question on everyone's minds. And I think it would be more comforting to think nearly if it was just one nefarious group based in Dublin, travelling around the country doing this. Um, you know, it would make it easier for the for the Gardaí to, to, to stop them for one thing. Um and I think people don't want to believe that there's people like this in every community who are capable of, of doing this. But the sad fact is that that is the case, that uh, all or or at least most of these attacks are by so-called lone wolves, like individuals um, from a local community would have local knowledge um who would take matters into their own hands. Now, they might have some loose affiliation, you know, through the internet with other groups. They would almost certainly be, you know, conversing with these other people on Telegram and and, and some of these social media platforms. Um, they may have been, you know, radicalized by racist or, or rhetoric or misinformation online. Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's any hierarchical centralized uh, organization that is behind this. The Gardaí are checking for links. And as I said, one of the things they're, they're looking at is, you know, the um, 
modus operandi involved um, and doesn't seem to be a pattern. So everything supports the idea that this is mostly the work of uh, lone wolves. And are Gardaí worried that these lone wolf arsonists are actually becoming more brazen? Well, yes, of course, because if you look at Leak Slip, was getting guard patrols past it, the guards have been down to the protesters a good few times saying this is not going to be used as asylum seeker accommodation. So it would have been known it was on the guard radar, uh, but it was targeted anyway. The previous fire um, in the nursing home in Cruxling near Britis, uh, South Dublin, they'd actually employed security measures because they were getting, they, 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 the, the owners were aware of threats mm. as well didn't stop the arson unfortunately um so even when Gardaí are aware of, of, of something you know unless they've someone there 24 7 in the middle of the night um it's quite easy to 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 evade capture so yeah there is signs that they're kind of getting more brazen i suppose part of that is the fact that there's been so few arrests you know mm-hmm. no one has appeared in court uh for a serious uh, arson attack on, on, on asylum seeker housing. I, I mentioned one man is accused of burning down the Lewis during the Dublin riots, uh, which is a you know, parallel but separate um, thing. So, you know, arrests are all well and good, but I, I suspect they'll need some court appearances to maybe really focus minds. There have also been reports of a culture of silence around some of these attacks, uh, that local people are withholding information about the arsonists. What have you heard from Gardaí, Connor? Yeah, there, 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 there is a problem with getting people to come forward. Few people are willing to come forward. Um, I suppose part of it is that the very normal reason is they don't want to get their, their family member uh, in trouble um, or their friend in trouble, even if they might fundamentally disagree with using arson as a, a tactic. As I said, these are difficult crimes to detect. So you are going to be reliant on human informants uh, a lot of the time to build a case against people. You recently spoke to Professor Torre Bjorgo, who's the director of the Centre for Extremism Research, and he's an expert on the extreme right at the University of Oslo in Norway. What did he tell you about the European pattern of these types of arson attacks? I was surprised to learn uh, from the professor that actually far-right violence and anti-immigrant violence has decreased in recent years. Okay. So Ireland seems to be going against the grain. What has increased is the lone wolf actors. So uh, organised far-right groups are are less violent, but a greater proportion of attacks are being carried out by people acting on their own or in small groups who might have just been radicalised online but don't have any uh, direct links to to organised groups. And part of that, he told me, was that these organised groups, they want election success. You know, so they know that getting involved in, in violence is going to alienate the public. Uh, so they have stepped back from that. They still engage in the rhetoric that maybe incites others to, to do these, uh, uh, carry out these acts, but they themselves don't do it. So that kind of gives more support to the lone wolf theory uh, that these attacks in Ireland are not be, being organised centrally. Coming up, Terrorism expert Claudia Wallner on the similar attacks being carried out across Europe. At 
AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored exclusively for your business needs. Spanning offices, warehouses, industries, workshops, schools and public spaces. Specialising in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. Our offerings include versatile storage solutions and comprehensive office project design and implementation. With over 45 years of experience, we stand as your trusted partner in smart B2B solutions. To explore all we have to offer, visit ajproducts.ie and elevate your business with AJ Products. Claudia Walner is a terrorism expert and research fellow with Royal United Services Institute, and she is based in Vienna. Claudia, what have you found out about the people who are carrying out these arson attacks in other European countries? Well, the thing is, we don't know very much because um, in a lot of those cases, we never find out who the perpetrators are. Um, this is very easy to get away with, unfortunately. You know, a lot of the time this, this happens um, in the middle of the night with no um, no witnesses, but in the cases where um, we do know who the perpetrators were, um, it's often been um, individuals that were not officially associated with far-right organizations, but rather sort of living in this wider ecosystem of, of online far-right networks um, where individuals don't really know each other personally, but they are um, engaging with ideology and with narratives, with extremist narratives uh, in this online space. Um, we've seen really dozens of attacks in the space of sometimes a week in countries like Germany, mm. Sweden. We've seen attacks in France and Austria, um, probably more countries. The thing is, you don't really hear about them um, sort of in, in international media very often. Um, but they definitely they definitely continue to happen. And I think with every wave of, of migration, with every conflict that has um, resulted in, in the movement of um, of more migrants into Europe. We've seen more and more of these attacks with Afghanistan, with Ukraine. What is the ideology driving them? Is is it an attempt to rid Europe of all immigrants? What is it that they are striving for? So this often um, sort of appears in the context of um, debate about the great replacement theory. This is a, a conspiracy theory um, that that sort of alleges that there's there's a kind of concerted effort to replace white European populations um, with migrants from um, Muslim countries, but this is really a very adaptable adaptable theory that can be applied by these groups to to whatever outgroup that they want to target with this. But um, that's definitely the the context that we um, that we see these debates happening in. A sort of this fear of um, foreign invaders coming in. Um, these far-right groups definitely see themselves as protectors of um, of the continent rather than aggressors. Um, they don't see themselves as, you know, violent extremist terrorists who are, you know, trying to cause harm to others. They, they see themselves as these, you know, honorable protectors of the continent and of their own people and communities. That's definitely what makes this so dangerous as well, because um, it's it's very very appealing to to the mainstream. This is not about um, about violence, but it's about protecting our own people. Most of the time, these arson attacks, both here in Ireland and abroad, tend to be linked to far-right networks and far-right groups. But Claudia, how do we now define the far-right? I mean, what does that term even mean anymore? Because it is used with more and more frequency to describe any sort of anti-immigrant activity. 
I uh, tend to differentiate between the radical right um, political parties that that are kind of engaging with with right wing ideologies and narratives, um, and then the the violent far right that um, is either active in in acts of, of terrorism or violence, or in some way endorsing um, violence. And and my work definitely focuses on that violent end of the spectrum. Um, so not sort of political parties in the in the mainstream that um, definitely have their role to play in um, in the mainstreaming of, of um, more extreme um, anti-immigrant sentiments, but but aren't explicitly endorsing violence or, or active in, in committing violence. How have these arson attacks been combated by the authorities in other countries across Europe? Um, there's one case in um, in the UK an attack in, in Dover in, I believe, uh, late 2022, where the attacker had actually, he targeted a, um, a migrant facility, but then he took his own life near the site. Um, so it was very clear um, who the attacker was, and he had posted online um, about wanting to commit such an attack. So in that case, um, it was easy to kind of establish that motive. But in a lot of other cases, it's been, I think, very difficult for for authorities to to really tackle this as the wider um, threat and the wider pattern that it is. Finally, Claudia, on a European scale and a European level, where are we at now with these arson attacks? Where do you see it going in the coming months and are we expecting to see more of them across European countries? I think it's difficult to say. Um, what we definitely have seen from from past events is that um, with, with the arrival of more migrants, um, we tend to see more of these attacks. Um, now with the, the crisis in the Middle East, um, I think it is definitely conceivable that, um, these narratives are heating up again. Also what we've heard, um, you know, coming out of the narratives we've, we've heard coming out of Germany, um, with far right parties engaging in these, um, debates about, about deporting migrants, et cetera. I think the, the climate is definitely heating up. Um, I don't really see this threat really disappearing across the continent. Connor, thankfully there have been no serious injuries or deaths in any of these fires to date. But if these fires continue, isn't a serious injury or even a death almost an inevitability? I think so. Uh, the Tarnistan at Atisic have said something similar. Uh, you, you would, there, and while there hasn't been any uh, serious injuries so far, there's been several close calls. Uh, another attack in Bunkrana in Donegal there a few months ago uh, there was actually asylum seekers in the property about 50 asylum seekers in the property when it was attacked um, thankfully again no one hurt there and uh, another incident that kind of escaped public attention because of everything else going on that night but during the Dublin riots a warehouse which had previously been examined as possible asylum seeker accommodation uh, was burnt down with a petrol bomb there was a security guard inside and fire fire officer firefighters had to go inside with breathing apparatus and take them out so i mean that could have easily been a fatal incident uh, as i said these attacks are often amateurish these are people who either don't know or refuse to believe that a lot of these buildings are not going to be used for the purpose uh, that they're uh, that, that they claim it's going to be used for. Are they doing their research to make sure it's empty, that there's no security guard in there or or, or someone else? I mean, no, I doubt it. So, mm. yeah, I think that's going to be a real concern. Arson is punishable by up to 10 years in prison on its own. But if you uh, if someone is killed or injured, 
it's actually punishable by up to life in prison. And that's another thing the authorities have kind of been trying to get through uh, as well. I think the fires will go on until we see more arrests and specifically more prosecutions in court. Connor, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's all for today. For more from Connor Gallagher on the Garda crackdown on arson attacks and all the latest breaking crime updates, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Pollock. This episode was produced by Aideen Finnegan and Suzanne Brennan. In the News will be back tomorrow.